This episode of Grumpy Old Geeks is brought to you by FreshBooks. Calling all freelancers or creative entrepreneurs. Springtime means tax time. FreshBooks cloud accounting software helps freelancers master their admin and paperwork and makes filing taxes a breeze. Go to freshbooks.com slash grumpy for your 30-day free trial. Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks. I'm Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schulmeister. How's it going up there in Canada? It's cold. Yeah. God damn it. It actually uh, snowed the other day, but other than that, it's been fine. Nice, uh, decent enough travel with the kid and everybody's doing well and had the big old wedding last night with a poutine bar, which was so Canadian it hurt, but it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, I noticed you were posting pictures of bags of milk when you got there just to prove you were in Canada. <laughs> yes, the milk bag. It's very little known outside of Canada. Very funny. <laughs> oh, man. Yes, I'm wearing shorts, but for some reason, I have a cold. So if I sound a little stuffy today, that would be why. All righty, then. Well, and uh, I'm in a basement in Canada, so I will sound Canadian. <laughs> okay. Try not to say a boot too much. <laughs> All right. Let's get this process started. <laughs> uh, so Saturday Night Live, we talked about how they've been uh, kind of coming back with the regular sketches, not just the, the Donald Trump ones. Right. And they have a great video on last night's show called Thank You, Scott, about the follies <laughs> and foibles of posting on Facebook and Twitter and thinking that you're changing the world. Hashtag resist. It was pretty damn funny. I got to give them that. It, it was very funny. So, yes. Uh, thank you for making me watch that. I was uh, I have not watched any Saturday Night Live uh, in a couple of weeks now. So but that was very good. Very good. And I heard that uh, his monologue was actually quite good as well. So I'll have to go back and watch that at some point. Uh, Louis C.K. Yeah, everything I watched from the show last night's really good. The Bill O'Reilly bit was pretty good. There's there's nothing in it that I haven't seen that wasn't uh, pretty good. The soda shop one was a little off, but uh, we're getting we're going down a rabbit hole here. <laughs> I have been listening to a few more of the back episodes of Grumpy Old Geeks. Right, man. Uh, I, I the first couple <laughs> that we did, I'm like these are pretty funny, and then I started listening like as we kept going around you know ten, eleven, twelve, and when we had Teeter on and all that stuff. Yeah, and. Uh, that damn Blue Yeti microphone just sounds god-awful in your old apartment. Yeah, I know, but you're so you're such an audio snob about this. I was, I, And I get it, and rightfully so, and, and audio quality does matter because I was thinking about this. It does and it doesn't because uh, I don't know if you continued to listen to uh, Adam from Mythbusters, his podcast, still untitled. Oh, when they've been on the road? Oh, the man. The past few months they've been on the road. These things are fucking unlistenable. They're terrible. That's how bad that they are. And it's like they're just doing it over Skype like we are, but they cannot sort their shit out. They should hire me to figure that out because I can <laughs> I can fix that in about an hour and they will yeah, sound the, just the, like they're on the radio. The, the point being, though, uh, everybody's still listening to their show. Nobody stopped listening. So it doesn't really matter too no, much. I just stopped listening to the episodes <laughs> when they're when it's unlistenable. And I'm like, eh, they're not going to say anything that is going to be groundbreaking and world changing. So I'll pick them up next time. <laughs> yeah, they've been spectacularly bad the past couple months, but so. they're almost home. So yeah. now. So in listening to those shows, I finally mm. have the answer to our, our feud over the security segments. Okay. So I'm going to play a couple clips here. Oh, great. We have production value. Oh, yeah. We have, well, we got three clips today, and one's, one's mm. uh, for later. But here's clip number one. This is okay. the first time we discussed privacy and security. Uh, the first is it's disturbing because I still kind of grew up. I'm, we're grumpy old geeks. We're not younger geeks. And we grew up with some semblance of, of what privacy is, and it matters. 
uh, unlike people today who just don't seem to care. Um, well, so, but I'm on the other side of things. Um, I, I don't really give a shit if the government is looking at what I'm doing because I'm not doing anything too crazy. Well, you should because what they're doing is illegal. So that would be clip number one. Yeah, I said it once. Here's clip number two. I mean, is the argument to kind of justify it is if you're not doing anything wrong, why do you care? Uh, that's not the point. That, that is, is I agree. Not, that that is, is not the point. I agree. That is it's not the point. The worst argument yes. ever. I agree. I agree. Uh, you know, we everything that we do is recorded now and saved forever and searchable. And yeah, yeah, well, this goes back. There to, is I no mean, privacy anymore. Okay, so private lives matter, Jason. Yes, they do. So I think what we can come out of this is that we were both wrong. Yeah, I think so. Although I still have an inkling if you keep on going on in the episodes as we got further and further in, uh, we started to actually coalesce around the real argument that I remember. But we'll see because, uh, you will you know, you'll trail, you'll blaze through the rest of the episodes and we'll find out. <laughs> yeah, look, I'm, I'm done. I don't give a shit anymore. <laughs> I went back to the original arguments and the original arguments where you said that. So, yep. And then, you know, but then you switched up and agreed in this, you know, in the same episode. So. I thought you were fervent about it, you know, not giving a shit and that if you didn't have anything to hide, it didn't matter. But you were kind of ambivalent the whole time. So but you okay. did say it first. So I did did remember that bit. So, OK, fair enough. Okay. I'll give you that. But I, I I guarantee you that my personality and, and my deeply held private belief is is not that that at all. You so. also said Verizon was the best uh, cell phone on the planet back then too. Uh, or cell phone provider. Yeah. Well, they were. When I was traveling, there's no doubt about that. I mean, things have changed since then. But back at that point in time, everybody I knew that traveled uh, extensively, like everybody in bands and roadies, we were all on Verizon because it had the best coverage nationwide. So I think what we can glean from all this is that we've evolved over the years. As smart people do. In the news. I am so very happy I bought my Tesla stock a couple years back. Yeah, bite me. <laughs> they are doing very well. Tesla is now worth more than Ford after delivering a record number of cars for the quarter. Of course, I'm going to get tweets now saying how they're far so far behind on developing their new car and blah, 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 and they suck and whatever. But hey, they're still here. They're doing great. And uh, they are doing better than Ford, a 113-year-old car-making company. So, Well, I still have my Ford. I'm sticking with it, damn it. <laughs> well, I don't even have a Tesla. I still drive. I drive a BMW, so I'm, Ooh, yeah, I should probably get a pants. Tesla at some point. <laughs> well, then, yeah. Mr. Fancy Pants. Uh. Mm, yes. Did yeah. you ever find out if the Apple CarPlay works in your Fancy Pants BMW? Uh, no, because I was dealing with travel and stuff like that. So I will look into that when I get back home. If you have a phone that you can plug into it, because it might be taken at border. So. That is true. We'll <laughs> yeah, we'll see if you hear from me next week or not, or if I'm in a padded room somewhere without my phone. Yes. Now hiring co-host for Grumpy Old Geeks. <laughs> yeah, you can outsource it to India, but we'll get to that later. Yes, you can. Uh, so this uh, AOL and Yahoo merger plan. Oath. Oath. <laughs> what a stupid name. Yes, they're going to call the, the new entity of Yahoo and AOL after the Verizon merger. Oath. Yeah, I make a lot of O's to, to Verizon these days. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So in doing some research on this, because yeah, once the name came out and I'm still like, oh, man, I still can't believe Verizon is still going after Yahoo after all of the crap that they went through. Yeah. And the interesting thing is I think I finally put all these pieces together. So the big acquisition when they bought AOL was they needed the ad tech because they're they're working their way to their own video network. 
And AOL's uh, ad serving technology for video is pretty top notch. So they wanted that. The rest of the stuff, eh, oh, God, we got to take Ariana Huffington, too. Uh, I guess. Okay. Well, at least we get in Gadget. Um, I think you just get Huffington's name. Remember, she's she's been parachuted in to save Uber these days. Oh, that's right. That's right. She took that three hundred million dollar check when Huffington Post got sold and didn't share it with any of the authors that wrote everything that got her all that money. Way to go, Ariana. So, yeah. Enjoy that WordPress blog, people. A Uh, very expensive WordPress blog with her name on top of it. (laughs) Uh, And it's not on WordPress, by the way, but it's it's the old it's the old technology i think it started on wordpress but then it got moved over to the platform that engadget was built on the calicanus oh okay with well you partner. know if you're gonna if you're gonna move it why don't why why continue the wordpress look <laughs> if you're not gonna use wordpress could you make it look a little better oh because aol oh, well. is known for their their groundbreaking design <laughs> all right fair enough fair enough uh you've got shit news um <laughs> So it looks like you've got Ariana. <laughs> I think we have a title. There you go. Um, is there a salve for that? <laughs> anyway, um, it looks like Yahoo's ad tech might be one of the main things that they're going for because Yahoo does have pretty good, you know, tech around serving ads on the internet. So right. you take you take the AOL ad tech, you take the Yahoo ad tech, you throw out all the crappy bits like mail. <laughs> Marissa Meyer. <laughs> that too Ooh, nice um and you slap it all together and you might have something that could be coming out of horizon in the next two or three years and the funny part about this oath will have two of the worst email address you did you'd ever want to get you, you never talk to anybody with an aol.com email address anymore and you never talk to anybody with a yahoo.com email address anymore the only worst bit is if they went out and bought hotmail and put those all together <laughs> yeah well i'm looking forward to my oath.com email yes enjoy that all right, moving on. Yeah, uh, Twitter got rid of their default egg profile picture, and they replaced it with something else that I, I see you've already made fun of on Twitter, I believe. I put some eyes on mine. Sean Bonner turned his, turned his into Goatsy, which I thought was pretty clever. Nice. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, the first change to the default profile picture since 2010. So uh, it's no longer an egg. It's now a human silhouette, which will encourage people to upload pictures of themselves. I'm not entirely sure of the psychology on that one, but hey, I'm sure that they did some sort of market research. Let's make it as ugly as possible kind of look looks like the schmoo from the old days and it's, yeah. it's so ugly that nobody wants to look at it anymore it's reverse psychology right part of the reason for the change is that the egg is now associated with twitter trolls the kinds of users who create accounts simply to harass and bully others twitter wants to eliminate that connection so we'll just change it and forge a new connection makes zero sense of course, it makes zero sense. I don't understand any of this, but good for them. I mean, whatever. You changed it so it's not an egg anymore. Now, see, they they, they do things like they made uh, an update recently that lets you basically mute egg accounts altogether. So I'm assuming that now they'll just mute these blobby account things instead. So nothing's really changed at all. There's a lot of words in a lot of articles for no real change. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. It's, OK, just <laughs> that's pretty much it. It's like it's slow news week. Twitter did some shit. Let's write about it. It's right. Like, okay, okay. We're going to have a checkbox so you can ban the default icon. Well, so we're just going to make a new default icon, which and is now just you can uglier, and we ban yeah. that too. It's like, um, can we can we edit tweets now? Can we have better stats? Can we have a few more characters? There's a we're laundry still based list. on <laughs> yes, we're still based on the character limit that was based on old cell phone texting. So yeah, yeah okay, okay. Yeah, let, let's get out of the flip phone technology days and kind of you know. Let's iterate on something that's not your fucking icon. 
I'm just saying, Twitter, you got bigger problems than the egg. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think they may have a staffing problem, which is why that's all that they can fix right now. It's like, well, we can't do all the engineering stuff because all the engineers left. What do we who, who who's left around here? Uh, I know how to use Photoshop. OK, we're going to do the icon. You're on. Right. Yeah. And uh, Facebook has also made a very pointless and useless change. I have not personally seen this yet, but I've heard it is out in the wild. Uh, there is they are beta testing a second news feed, which will just be news. Uh, we haven't really sorted out fake news yet, but now there will be a feed that is either just fake or real news and who the hell knows. So there's going to be some sort of separate icon there. It's going to strip out all the friends articles and only put in news articles and, uh, you know, no more personal stuff, just news because they're finally accepting the fact that people get all their news from Facebook. And we don't even, well, I barely get news from Facebook. I get my news from Twitter, surprisingly. Uh, the thing about this is though, it's still you know, bound by their rules of the algorithm. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a crapshoot. It's a crapshoot on whatever you get from Facebook. You never know. Yeah, exactly. So I haven't seen it, but uh, I probably won't use it because, yes, if you're getting your news from Facebook, you're in trouble. Yeah. Although not that it really makes much of a difference anymore, because as Recode has pointed out and we have all noticed because, God damn it, there's now the stories in Facebook. There is basically no difference between any of these uh, any social network anymore. Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat all look basically exactly the same. Sorry, Twitter. You don't actually deserve to be in this article. because You don't deserve to be in that list. These are companies that are actually innovating and stealing from each other. You're making new icons. Yeah, you're back in 1997 still yeah, with your egg icon changes. Uh, but all the rest of the social networks are basically exactly the same now. They've all rolled out their versions of direct messaging. They've all rolled out their versions of stories. They've all rolled out their versions of live video. It doesn't really matter. They're all exactly the goddamn same. Yeah, the great homogenization of 2017 where it doesn't matter. Yes, where everything now sucks. It all just depends <laughs> on where your friends are. That's kind of it. Yeah, I, it really is. Yeah, because none of it really matters. So uh, I am, for one, I, I I like to applaud all of my friends on Facebook who have not done a story yet. I made a story. Uh, oh, shit. That's right. You did. That's true. I'd like to applaud all of my friends except for Jason. <laughs> oh, who come felt on. The but need it was to cute. Do it. Oh, it's your fucking dog. Of course it was. That's all I yeah, Dude, I, I live a very <laughs> sheltered life. It's me and my dog. What do you want me to yeah, do? Yeah, I know. So there you go. Uh, yeah, there's no difference. Uh, pick one. I mean, all my friends are on Facebook and there's no I, I didn't want to go to Snapchat anyways. But I'm, unfortunately, now I can't avoid it because Facebook is Snapchat. It's face snap gram chitter. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. It's now the name of the these these stupid programs. So it's it is what it is. I'm just going to continue to be annoyed by it. And uh, there you go. Yeah. Fun times. Fun times. Is the all the uh, everything's getting uh, stories tab this week were pretty funny. I saw a potato get stories at one point. <laughs> a pretty good bit of Photoshop work. Yeah. Very uh, funny. So let's get on to the Uber news because. Yes. God forbid we have a week where Uber doesn't step on their dick. <laughs> um, Google, the Google Uber lawsuit is in full swing now. Yes. And. The stuff that's coming out about this is really kind of, it's a head scratcher. So this guy, uh, Anthony Lewandowski, the former Google employee who is accused of taking all the Google documents, right? Yeah. I had no idea that how many that he took. 14,000 Google documents uh, around their self-driving technology that he put on a thumb drive and then deleted the documents and then walked out the door. Right. They haven't been able to quote unquote prove 
where right. that, that, that these documents have shown up on any of Uber's computers. Okay. Except for a couple of them. But <laughs> what the reason that this thing has taken so long to come f- through to fruition, mm-hmm. it seems to be because they were they were looking for a smoking gun and then a vendor had sent them something that had like their schematics for their LIDAR in it. And that was just like, oh, gotcha. You know? Ah, I see. Yep. So this is how this thing's going. The interesting thing about what's going on now is um, Google's trying to get an injunction on them to make them stop working on their automated driving technology. Okay. And in a couple different statements, Uber is saying, if we can't, if we have to stop and we can't compete in self-driving technology, it will kill the company because they are so invested in firing all of their employees in the (laughs) near future that they understand that if they can't get self-driving car technology to work, they will not be a company anymore. Right. You know, the interesting thing here, <laughs> this is what gets me. Other companies are making self-driving cars, right? Yeah, uh, Tons. Why More every day is what we hear. Yeah. Why does Uber have to make their own? Why can't when these cars come onto the market, Uber just go buy, go buy a fleet and put them in the cities? That This is what makes no sense to me. That's a very good question. I, no answer forthcoming, I'd imagine. <laughs> yeah, because I'm thinking, you know, okay, Uber and Tesla get in bed and have a couple babies, and then we have, you know, the Tesla Model U. Yeah, the, the tuber. It's a tuber. Yes, I'm going to yeah. go take a tuber. <laughs> I think you need to get a shot for that when you go to Africa. Uh, tubers. Uh, anyway, yeah, this whole thing is uh, it's interesting to watch. It's really interesting to watch now that more's coming out because the, the case is actually, you know, in the courts. But it it, yeah. I mean, it reads like a like a pretty, you know, semi decent movie plot. We're getting there. We're getting there. Let's see what the let's see how the second act goes. I'm waiting for the yeah. defining mo- or the uh, the inciting incident at this point. But we'll see how this goes. I'm waiting for the lifetime movie. Yes. Be smart and cast Olivia Munn. Get her back to her roots. <laughs> Seriously. This week on Hallmark. Exactly. Uh, Uber is in the news for more things. There was a long New York Times article about the psychological tricks they are using to basically punish their drivers and coerce them into working longer hours and things like that until they can fire them. Uh, The more devious and weird of which is uh, basically having male managers pretend to be women to get drivers to work more. Oh, okay. Uh, That's not creepy at all. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Nothing about Uber is creepy. Hmm. No. So, yeah, basically, Uber is uh, is involved with catfishing their drivers at this point. Um, <laughs> it's just, just this is nothing about this company that isn't fucked up. Yep. <laughs> oh, well, nobody cares. Right. Yeah. No, they don't. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of people are moving to Lyft, which, you know, if you listen to my previous episode on Lyft, I will never take again after that guy tried to throw <laughs> me out on the fucking 405. So I guess I'm just going to drive myself like an adult. Oh, yeah. Well, there's that. So. <laughs> and if I do want to go to Italy, I will not be able to get my Uber there either because they have just been kicked out. They've been, here's, they've been booted from the boot. Uh, I see what you did there. Yeah. 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 And there's uh, nothing uh, nothing they can do about it right now. There's, I'm sorry. There's nothing they can do about it right now. <laughs> uh, yeah. I should have thought yes. about that one first and it might have actually worked as a joke. But anyway, uh, they've got have. 10 days to respond to the ruling that they uh, have basically... Uh, uh, was it constituted unfair competition because okay. uh, a taxi association consortium has gone after them. And the court said that uh, 
They could not use its Black Lux SUV X XL Select and Van phone applications, nor could it promote or advertise its services in Italy. And if they do, they will be slapped with a ten thousand dollars six or ten thousand six hundred dollar fine for each day it remains operational. Which, knowing Uber, they will remain operational. Yeah, they'll stay operational and they'll pay that off. They're already filing appeals to this, so we'll, yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, it's I, I like. Anytime Uber loses, but uh, this one's a bit, you know, this one's a bit shaky. So I just, I, I figured you were going to bite on this one. Uber's Italian division said it was shocked, shocked. I tell you, shocked by the sweeping van. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's see. How shocked can you be? Because it's a, it's based on a 25 year old law. So the law is well known. You yep. decided you were going to break it, and now you're shocked. Yes, okay. and they're shocked that yeah. the, the Italians didn't just run to Uber and say. We're going to completely revamp our laws and fire all of the taxi drivers in Italy just so you just can make for a buck. You. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's what I call well, progress. Yeah. Back in Seattle, we have some bad news for both Uber and Lyft drivers. Uh, in December of 2015, Seattle's city council voted 9-0 to allow freelancing drivers to unionize and collectively bargain for better benefits, which mm-hmm. is a good thing. We like that. Guess what Uber did immediately? Sued them because we can't <laughs> let that happen. So, uh, yeah, Uber immediately sued to halt the plan from moving forward. Uh, one Washington state judge ruled in favor of the city and the and their decision to let them unionize last month. However, a pair of lawsuits from the U.S. Chamber of Commerce and the Freedom Foundation alleging that the council's decision violates federal labor laws have instigated uh, U.S. District Judge Robert Lasnick to issue a temporary injunction against the city. So Uber wins round one. Okay. Yay. Yeah. Yay. I mean, that's something to follow. I think that's incredibly important. Uh, and not just for Uber and Lyft drivers. Uh, keep in mind, everybody, all we do is talk about how companies are trying to push you to be independent contractors. This ruling will matter for all of us. Mm-hmm. So. And uh, yeah, in Musk news, moving back to that, uh, Hyperloop One. Their test route is ready to run, apparently. So we've we've been following a lot of this Hyperloop stuff, how they've left the country and trying to get, you know, other places to build it because of legislation and issues like that. They do have a test facility still here in the States. It's in Nevada. It's called Area 51. Oh, wait, no, that's a different story. Um <laughs> Yeah, they've got what is called the Dev Loop. It has been finalized and will serve as the test bed for the future of transportation, as their PR release says. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's 3.3 meters wide, and it is approximately 500 meters long. So, eh, you know, go for it. Let's yeah, see if it works. It's decent. Yeah. I bet it goes in a straight line. I'm curious to when they have... Uh, call when, me they when they start doing a, curving. Yeah, yeah, call me when you can turn right, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah, it'd be like Zoolander. What, you can only turn left. <laughs> exactly yeah i've never actually seen that movie i worked on it but i've never seen it the first one's quite funny i hear i hear the second one was a dud yeah second one sucked but the first one's worth it so okay. uh spotify is starting their moves that will lead to their future ipo we're guessing next year they'll try to go public uh one of the moves is obviously getting new licensing agreements in with all the major labels because that needs to be in place uh because they are all expiring shortly and You want your ducks in order when you try to go public. Uh, The first of the majors that they have made their deal with is Universal Music Group. Uh, Actually, my wife worked on this and 
I knew about it for a while, but couldn't say anything. <laughs> I was going to say, so. I think he, he may have been uh, holding out on me on this one. I, I did have some insider information on this one, but uh, as part of the deal, uh, there's a lot of backroom stuff that isn't that interesting. And, you know, of course, the artists aren't going to get crap out of it. But uh, Spotify has agreed to allow new albums from Universal Artists to be restricted to its premium service for up to two weeks moving forward. So basically, if an artist so chooses or if their label tells them that this is what they're going to do. I was going to say, artists don't um, get to make choices now nowadays yeah pretty much no uh so basically the deal is we if you want your album out there we will say that if you you're you have to be a spotify premium user to listen to the entire album this does not apply to what is considered the singles singles will always be available for free to any level immediately so it's just full album of which nobody listens to full albums anymore anyways so i do but they're all old. Uh, well, albums. we're old. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was like when I was listening to the new Green Day album, I liked listening to it in order. When I put it on shuffle, it just made me uncomfortable. I don't like this shuffle thing that they've got going on nowadays. I despise shuffle. I do That's too. Sad. I think that yeah. definitely comes with age. Yeah, uh, in, I think so. In new news, which I gotta, I gotta throw in some articles on this. I saw it this morning as I was as I was prepping for the show. But this is uh, mm-hmm. kind of uh, adjacent to this. Jay Z has pulled all of his streaming music from all the services except guess which one uh title yeah that would be it huh <laughs> that could be because he owns it so could yeah be. <laughs> shocking. shocking uh yeah <laughs> i mean this sort of game is you know, this stuff's gonna be going on left right and center as but you know it's the same the labels own spotify individual artists own title title i can't believe it's still around but it is because somebody like jay-z is, is willing to lose money to keep funding it and there you go mm-hmm. eh, good times now, Amazon, uh, we this happened with Apple a while back, and I do believe we applauded them because they Apple was very quick uh, to make amends for in-app purchases done by children. Uh, they issued, uh, you know, ref- refunds and all that sort of thing. No must, no fuss, no lawsuit required. Amazon, not so much. Um, this is a year after Amazon was found guilty of illegally billing users for unauthorized in-app purchases. The company has finally dropped its appeal against the decision and uh, supposedly refunds shall now commence. $70 million worth. $70 million. And of course, you know, even after they dropped their appeal against the decision, they're trying to, to get it to the point where, can we just give people Amazon gift cards? And uh, <laughs> yeah, the U.S. District Judge, rightfully so, rejected that and said, no, how about you give them money? <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah. But they're going to spend it on Amazon anyway. Well, maybe no. Maybe, they need to maybe pay not. Food, depending on if your kid charged $1,000 on Pokemon crap. You know, that $1,000 might be really nice to have when you have to, you know, buy food and rent. Yeah, I mean, $70 million is not a an insignificant sum of money. And surely, you know, the, the group of people, remind me to sign up for this class action thing. I got to make sure I get my, my piece of the pie here. Oh, yeah, Even yeah, though, yeah. yeah. No, there's, yeah. You, you got to get on this, definitely. Yeah. I have a child. He you has not made any in-app purchases, but so what? <laughs> Just leave your unlocked iPad sitting around and at some point, you know, thousand monkeys in a room will we'll create Shakespeare and one child in a room will probably bankrupt you with, mm. with in-app purchases. <laughs> that is probably true. Do you remember Flatter? I do. Uh, we talked about it at great length. And, and I think I believe my, my position on this was, oh, if only something like this would ever actually work, but it's not going to. Yeah, I made about $12 off of Flatter back in the there day. And Flatter is is basically a little button that you could put on anything that you create to let people who like your work give you money. It's yes. kind of like a PayPal button, but it, it, it worked on a different kind of idea. So 
if I followed like 10 different artists and in that part of the month, I gave in like 10 euros, because it was always yep. in euros, um, then each person would get a euro at the end of the month. Or, yes. or actually, no, I'm, I'm sorry. I take that back. It depended on how many different things you flattered on that person. So if there yeah, were like was... 10 people and I flattered one person 10 times and everybody else one time, then the money would be distributed proportionally between the flatters that I did. So basically right. you just put in a bunch of money every month and you flatter things as you see them on the internet. It was a great idea, but it never really caught on. And it was uh, co-founded by Peter Sund from the Pirate Bay, our good friends in Sweden. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have been purchased, which is uh, interesting. Okay. Because they were purchased by IO which is right. the uh, parent company of Adblock Plus. That's an interesting move for them. I think this might be a genius move at some mm-hmm. point because Adblock, Adblock Plus is in a lot of browsers. Yes, and it is. If Adblock Plus can then inject into the DOM a little flatter button on every page that it served, mm-hmm. flatter might actually get critical mass out there. Well, that was one of the problems with Flatter. It, it, uh, great if you could get people to go to your WordPress blog. Not so good if you're just posting on social media. Yep. Really so. difficult. You'd have to put the Flatter link in every single post. And, you know, even even if you're running Text Expander and you have to remember to type a snippet to do it, it's still a pain in the ass. Yeah. But on my photography blog is when I, where I made money. But it was very little because it was very German-centric back then. It was mostly in Germany and Austria. Yeah. So that's where all the, like all the text content was coming from. So photography worked really well because photography is the international language. And <laughs> that's how I made a few bucks off of it. But then I would just take that money and put it right back into Flatter and, and spend it on other people. But right. it's a fun concept. Hopefully this this purchase will uh, actually get them some more exposure and get it back out there. Yeah, I mean, I I would love to see something like this exist. It would be great. I mean, if we had a little Flatter button by every single episode that we did, that'd be fantastic if you guys clicked on it. Mm-hmm. And we could get our two cents. Google has gone out and commissioned a, a report on uh, d- did some research and done a report on what the kids think is, is cool these days. I'm assuming teenagers. Um, and according to the new Google report, Google itself is lit. They're lit. Whatever the fuck that means. I'm <laughs> assuming not, that's not a good literate. thing. <laughs> they're not literate, but they're lit. Okay. Yes, they are lit. So uh, consumer trends and marketing insights team Think with Google put out a report last week on brand perceptions among U.S. teens. Um, very cool things. And what what is lit includes Chick-fil-A, apparently, uh, because, you know, millennials don't like gays. <laughs> apparently. Uh, apparently, or at least they don't care. Uh, YouTube is the most cool brand with Netflix, Google, Xbox, Oreo. Oreo. Good Oreo. God. What the Jesus. hell? Uh, GoPro. I can't believe that either. Yeah. But, uh, Play- PlayStation, Doritos, Nike, and Chrome. So Nike, well-known shoe company for exploiting people overseas. Uh, right up there with Chick-fil-A. Good job, millennials. Now, here's here's, okay. here's where I have a problem with this study. <laughs> okay. I did my research. All right. <laughs> so if they're saying that, uh, well, here's the thing. Okay, Chick-fil-A is cooler than Vice, but they also said in this study if you want to call Look, it that no it, offense because when we were teenagers star wars was way cooler than abc news too true true yeah but <laughs> um millennials obviously think that in and out is a better choice over chick-fil-a mm-hmm. so here's where i have the problem with this study is the sample size has to be ridiculously small and in geolocated to a very specific segment of the country because right. there are only 300 in and outs in the world 
and there are over 2,200 Chick-fil-A's. So if they think millennials think In-N-Out is better than Chick-fil-A, something's going on there. Right. Well, they probably only serve people in, in L.A. <laughs> That's over San Francisco. There is like one in and out in San Francisco, but I'm right. guessing probably L.A. And so the sample size was a nationally representative sample of 400 teens and 800 millennials. OK, okay. not really a very big sample size. But here's the point that you have to to realize nationally representative. That doesn't mean nationally. Right. So they just got a bunch of people that may have lived somewhere else, but now live in L.A. to do the study. So it is completely just silly. Yeah, as they usually are. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But at least, you know, at least In-N-Out did win out over Chick-fil-A for millennials. So I'm I'm, I'm good with that. Yeah, and I agree. That's that's fair enough. But Chick-fil-A is fucking delicious. Do you remember LiveJournal, Brian? Uh, Vaguely, yes. Vaguely? You didn't have a LiveJournal account? You are a goth. I did not. I know. I thought I it was a requirement for the goth club. <laughs> the goth society requires you to have a live journal account. I was not issued my account. I thought, I swear, I swear to God, I thought you were flood on live journal. I don't know. I never had a live journal. Oh, okay. Really? I, I didn't. I really didn't. <laughs> well, it's now owned by Russians. Oh, well, so is everything else these days. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no <laughs> shit about that one, eh? <laughs> Uh, there's a big blowback right now because of everything that's going on in Russia, because uh, recently they moved all of LiveJournal servers to Russia. Right. Which is a problem. Yes, it is. Uh, because Russia has decided that uh, they don't like anything that's good and wholesome in the world, like uh, LGBTQ, or, or they right. call, as they call it, gay propaganda. Yes, and, sexual uh, deviancy is, I believe, how they actually refer to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's all sorts of things that Russia's doing right now to crack down on their peoples. Go figure, it's Russia. Why are we yeah. surprised about this? But people are leaving live journal in droves. And to to just even say that, that there are still people that were on live journal. I think George R.R. R. Martin was on there is one of the people I, that left. I feel like I just went back in time. I know. <laughs> people are leaving live journal in droves. They're going to this fancy new thing called MySpace. Ah. And but they're, they're, they're taking a sidestep at Ello and realizing that, oh, no, this isn't the future. Let's go to MySpace. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this is very, very interesting that there's still a thing called LiveJournal. And that yeah, I mean, I don't get Russians. like, didn't everybody move to Tumblr that was doing LiveJournal-y type things? Kind so. of. Yeah. Most of them I mean, moved I guess... to Blogger and are still on Blogger because Blogger's right. still a thing. Go figure. Go figure. Yeah. So if you're on LiveJournal... And you haven't gotten off yet. Well, that I, let me let me rephrase that. <laughs> if you're on Live Journal and you haven't left yet, you might want to think about it. If you're on Live Journal and you do want to leave, may I suggest you put up the gay clown Putin image and uh, Mike drop your way out of there? Seriously. <laughs> now, some interesting news this week from the FDA, and uh, you'd think, Jason, why are you talking about the FDA? This is a tech show. Anytime I hear there's any interesting news about any government agency, I just assume it's been disbanded and removed. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, the interesting news is the FDA still exists. We put somebody in charge of it that hates it and wants to take it away. (laughs) Yeah. Well, they've finally given the go-ahead to 23andMe to screen for diseases, because we covered this on the show uh, a a long time ago. And Mm -hmm. when 23andMe went under, and it's like four years ago, like yeah. right when we were starting, because I was getting ready to send my spit in 
and then they just kind of went dark for a long time. But they're back with a vengeance. I've been hearing them on the radio, like you know, um, yeah, the morning show here at WGN. They like everybody did their twenty three and Me profile and did like an hour bit on it. It was pretty good. And yeah, they're now, advertising it everywhere. Yeah, and I'm I'm thinking of doing it. it's hundred fifty bucks. I mean, what can you what what could go wrong? But Brian, I think you're going to tell me what, what could, could go possibly wrong. go wrong. <laughs> Well, there's there's a lot of things that could possibly go wrong. Um, I would have a, my lawyer, well, in this case, that would be my wife, uh, very carefully review their privacy agreement. It is long. Uh, there are lots of words. <laughs> okay. Uh, I I am very interested in what sort of uh, security is being used to transmit said information. I want to know if they're keeping copies of my information, how that information is going to be stored, uh, what sort of security precautions are in place in case of hacking, etc. Um, I want to know, you know, this is right now this is all just very sci-fi and interesting and like let's find out what kind of diseases i could be potentially screened for dna information in the future i have a feeling is going to be used for a lot of different things and i want to know who has access to mine i've seen gattaca i know how this works exactly i mean we may we you know we can joke about it but i i'm very very concerned about who's going to have access to this kind of information um i would love to do it but i do really want to know uh what exactly is being where my information is who's getting access to it where it's being stored who's going to have access to the storage of it etc um you know i seriously doubt that they're just going to do the scan and send it all back to you and wipe their hands of it and say we're not keeping any of that no of course not because they use it to cross-reference you with other people to see if you have like celebrity you know cousins or like they need that data to do half of the stuff they do so it's obviously not going anywhere yep, exactly so i have concerns and so should you i have concerns yes, yes. Uh, i don't because i mean you have a legacy you have a wife and a child and and you know the world will exist past your expiration date when i'm done i'm done i don't give a shit so okay. <laughs> i'm not gonna have any kids i'm not gonna get married so when i'm dead i'm dead and uh you know Clock's ticking on that, so I just think it might be a fun experiment. Well, that's cheerful. I know, I know. Did I mention I'm a nihilist? Do I have to give you a hug, Jason? No, no, okay. I, I, I don't want your cooties. All right, you don't want my DNA? I don't want your DNA. <laughs> <laughs> now, this would normally go in the security segment, but this just came out, and security is already in the can. So, because uh, Mr. David Bittner is a very busy guy, and we can only get him for a little window every week, and we have our little security hug. And he makes us terrified of the world, and then we move on. Well, uh, we talked before about the shadow brokers, uh, and he covers it ex extensively on the CyberWire. The shadow brokers, if you remember, is the hacking group that claimed to have all of those NSA tools that they yeah. were auctioning off via Bitcoin, and no, there were no buyers. Nobody would buy it because they're... It, it, it just sounded so ridiculous because the English that they were using was so terrible that it just reeked of scam, Right. Right. Now on Medium, they made a post. <laughs> the Shadow Brokers have posted on Medium. All right. I'm going to read a little bit of it to you, and then we'll get to the why this is important. Dear President Trump, respectfully, what the fuck are you doing? The Shadow Brokers <laughs> voted for you. The Shadow Brokers supported you. The Shadow Brokers is losing faith in you. Mr. Trump, helping the Shadow Brokers, helping you, is appearing you are abandoning your base the movement, and the peoples who getting you elected. Okay. It started off okay. They were they had a strong, strong start, you know? Right. They, they really kind of failed at the end of that last paragraph. Well, yeah. all your base are belong to us. Exactly. That's, a, that's it's so, so what I was thinking. Um, but yeah, they, they dumped all the files. 
Everything's out there now. And it's on GitHub. So we'll have a link to the GitHub repository where you can go get everything. And even Snowden was shitting his pants on this one. He's like, this is the dumbest thing they could have done because now that they know what, what all the files are, they can backtrace where they came from and find out how they got them. So these guys just unzip their fly and are standing on a street corner waiting to get caught. Yes, they are no longer in the shadows. No, they are not. <laughs> uh, but oh, good times. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm glad that the, the underside has now resorted to medium. Medium. Spring is actually almost here. It's time to cue the happy music and bask in spontaneous fits of joy. Unless, of course, you're a freelancer or creative entrepreneur who isn't ready for tax time. Seriously, if you're someone who struggles with tax stuff, then listen up. Our friends at FreshBooks have just launched their all-new ridiculously simple cloud accounting software that helps service-based small business owners get a handle on their paperwork. FreshBooks keeps all your cash flow details in one place so you know exactly what invoices you've sent, who's paid what, and what your income is. Their mobile app lets you take pictures of your receipts and organizes them for later, which makes claiming expenses at tax time a breeze. The best part about using FreshBooks is that feeling of zen you'll have when tax time does come around. You'll be so much more prepared and way less stressed, so much so that you too may be inspired to bust out a little springtime jig. Right now, FreshBooks is offering a free 30-day trial to our listeners. Just go to FreshBooks.com grumpy and enter grumpy old geeks in the how did you hear about us section. That's FreshBooks.com grumpy and enter grumpy old geeks in the how did you hear about us section for a free 30-day trial. Security? Ha! Welcome back, Dave. How was Arizona? Oh, Arizona was nice. Uh, I had never been to Arizona before. Uh, And coming from the East Coast, I will say that Arizona is uh, beautiful, it is brown, and it is um, spiky. Yes, it is. Yeah, <laughs> it seems like all the all the wildlife and plants are all you know doing their darndest to survive, and so they're very defensive. Uh, we took a nice, a beautiful hike on a trail in the morning before the, it warmed up, and um, it was one of those rocky trails where you sort of have to watch every step uh, because if you do trip and fall off the trail, you're going to get a butt full of cactus. Yeah, yeah, you don't want to do that uh, hike at night. For sure. <laughs> no. And I also love in the hotel lobby where we were staying, there was a sign that said, beware of snakes. <laughs> so if it's a big enough problem that there's a sign, I guess it's a problem for people who aren't used to it. You know, the people like me who who, who would probably go try, oh, look at the adorable rattlesnake. Let me get a selfie with the rattlesnake. Yeah. And, you know. Then no more security segments. <laughs> we were there for the Women in Cybersecurity Conference, which was um, fantastic. It was uh, bigger than ever. I think they had over 850 people oh, there great. this year. Yeah, big event. Lovely um, lovely facility there, uh, Marriott uh, Resort, which was nice. So, yeah, we had a good time. Uh, and if you are listening and you are a uh, woman who's interested in cybersecurity, do check out the Women in Cybersecurity Conference. It's a great place to uh, get together. They have a job fair. They have um, lots of interesting speakers and breakout sessions. So it's only two days, so it's not one of those ones that takes up a whole week. So if that's something you're interested in, check it out. Cool. I once dated a woman in cybersecurity. Is that right? Yeah. She was a hacker for 2600. Took me to my first 2600 meeting. Wow. Pretty cool. And she took me to the uh, apartment where Kevin Mitnick got uh, caught by the cops back down in uh, North Carolina. (laughs) Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Good old uh, 2600, Captain Crunch. Mm Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, I can tell you stories about that guy, which we will not put on the air because I do not like <laughs> slander or libel laws that uh, All right, fair come enough. after me. So uh, a little bit of follow-up on the Mac hacking thing that we yes. talked about before. You put out the call to say, hey, send us some emails if you've ever been caught up for uh, your Mac getting hacked. And sadly, zero. Nobody has apparently been hacked on their Mac. Isn't that fascinating? I, I think that's interesting um, because we know there are vulnerabilities and we know there are exploits out there. But as we said in, when we talked about this, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, you know, I have never heard of any direct incidences of friends, family, people I work with having any sort of ransomware or um, any kind of attack on their Mac. And evidently, Either our listeners haven't either, or they're just too lazy to write in about it. <laughs> <laughs> or they're too savvy to get caught up in some kind of shenanigans like that. Yeah, it could be. could be. But uh, interesting data. Interesting data. I'm glad I use a Mac anyway. Reinforces my my, 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 my it's, it's good confirmation bias for me, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I bounced around between PC and Mac way back in the day, like, you know, the system seven, eight, and nine days for Mac, and then had yep. my PCs, Windows 98 XP. Those things were yep. great. Sure. But as soon as OS 10 came out, or OS X, or whatever the hell they call it nowadays, and it had a free Mac BSD OS. kernel, you know, right. that, that you had me at free BSD. Yeah, no, it, it is. It, it's 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 a nice solid system. I, I think back to those days of OS nine and just how just the lack of stability that we had. You know, oh yeah, saving after everything just crash, crash, crash. How many times a day we we had to restart because oh things either was... locked up. You know, you didn't have protected memory or any of those goodies. It was a it was a real uh, real nightmare. It was interminable. And yeah, you you get any time you could like type a word and hit command S. Like command S was just right. really right. ingrained into your just your muscle memory. So exactly, I, you know. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. Well, shall we dive in uh, for this week's stories? We shall. Brian's not with us right now, but he he leaves us a story from Slate entitled "Why You Shouldn't Be Comforted by Internet Providers' Promises to Protect Your Privacy." And as we know, this week, uh, President Trump signed a congressional resolution to repeal protections that were scheduled to go into effect that would have prevented Internet service providers from collecting, mining and selling customer information without our permission. Right. This, of course, we know due to the overwhelming uh, the overwhelming flood of constituents going to the congressman and saying that what we really want is less privacy. Yes, exactly. What's this <laughs> VPN thing, Congressman, that everybody's right, right. telling me about? Right. Right. Yeah. Very yeah. political nonsense. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just a really great example of, um, you know, lobbyists getting what they wanted. That's pretty much it. Yeah. And, you know, we covered it last week with some some different stories and VPN issues and things like that. Sure. Uh, it's It's going to be interesting how this plays out for sure. So keep an eye on it. And just, you know, if your congressperson or senator voted for this, then uh, remember that. Next November 7th, when it's time to get them out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it was pretty much an, a, 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 it was a, it was a direct party line vote as well. So not not terribly surprising um, that, you know, when it comes to that. So we're actually going to be covering that soon on the Cyberwire. I talked with Ben Yellen. He was the gentleman who we had on uh, on your show a couple weeks ago, the our law and policy analyst. So he's going to be on our show coming up soon talking about the sort of the the, the mechanics behind 
how this came to be and uh, the rules that they used to make this happen and so forth and some um, some some very bizarre justifications that some people are trying to make for it that, that it really is in everyone's best interest to do it this way, which, of course, personally, I don't agree with. But I don't uh, think anybody agrees with it except the lobbyists. No. So. no. Nope, I think you're right. So, uh, yeah, when that comes out, we'll put it in the show notes for sure, because that sounds fascinating. I love Ben, yeah. ben Yellen. He's a very smart dude. He is a very smart dude. And I'm I'm glad to have smart dudes like that around, because uh, when I talk to them, I always learn stuff, and that never gets old. Yeah, you, um, you don't have to be smart if you just have smart people to answer your questions for you. That's how we do right. the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's also kind of like it's really nice to have rich friends, because then I don't need to own a boat. Yeah. <laughs> Right. As long as I have a, have a friend who has a boat, has that hole in the water to throw money. So um, anyway, moving on to our next story, um, we were talking about, um, uh, you know, Brian, we, we answered Brian's question a couple weeks ago, and it was actually Ben Yellen who, who answered his question about warrantless cell phone searches at the border. And uh, sure enough, there are a handful of lawmakers who have uh, moved to stop those warrantless searches at the border. They are um, introduced. They've introduced legislation, and this is the usual uh, folks that you would expect to do this. This is the libertarian gang. Um, oh, from both those sides hippies of the aisle. hate those hippies. Oh wait, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm one of them. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> but you know, they put forward legislation, um, basically, um, you know, forbidding these searches at the border of your. Uh, um, devices, your mobile devices, uh, also added uh, language in there that uh, the border people can't keep you for more than four hours without uh, a warrant or anything like that. So um, oh. doesn't apply to non-citizens, only applies to citizens. But um, again, uh, I, I saw this story. I checked in with uh, with our friend Ben Yellen, and he said this is you know this is nice thing to see, but there's no chance this is going to make it anywhere. This is uh, this is what he referred to as a messaging bill uh, to merely make a point and draw some attention to the issue. But uh, in in today's environment, with the way things are going between Congress and the White House, there's no chance this is going to go anywhere. Well, thanks for the tease. I got excited for a second, but it's like, hey, well, look at I this mean, great it, thing. Oh, you can't have it. Yeah, at least it's good that people are talking about it and, you know, pointing it out. This this has to this has to go somewhere. I mean, if if it's to the Supreme Court, um, you know, who knows? It, it maybe it comes down to them messing with the wrong person. Right. Mm -hmm. And and, you know, someone someone who has unlimited resources to, to put in the, the un, unlimited resources and time to put in the legal battle to take this to to the end uh, to say, no, I'm not going to settle. We're going to take this all the way as far as we can to settle that searching my cell phone is and making me unlock all of my social media accounts is not the same as going through my suitcase. So I'm going to bribe so. a TSA agent to go through Peter Thiel's cell phone next time he flies. <laughs> but I guess he I guess he probably doesn't fly uh, commercial. But if he did, I would hire somebody to go to Peter Thiel's phone, keep him for four hours and then let unleash him on the legal battle because he apparently likes to sue people and spend a lot of money doing it. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you messed with the wrong guy. No doubt. Moving on, this was an interesting story we had on today's uh, on, on uh, today's CyberWire. This is, um, you, of course, we've all heard of, of DDoS, right? Yes. Distributed denial of service. Well, now we have PDOS. Okay. That, sound, that sounds like you might need an antibiotic. <laughs> PDOS stands for permanent denial of service. Ooh, how do you do that? 
you brick the device. Ah, okay. <laughs> so what's going on is there are uh, a couple of uh, of bits of uh, malware called BrickerBot One and BrickerBot Two, and what these do is uh, search out uh, unsecured IoT devices, and instead of um, assigning them to some sort of botnet, it bricks them permanently. And you can't flash the firmware and bring it back to life? Not supposedly you cannot. Um, wow! But, and and so the security experts are wondering what's what's the what's the story here? What's the deal here? You know why what's why would someone do this uh, other than just being malicious for the lulls? Um, well, there's that, but um, there's also the notion that this is some sort of vigilante who's going around and saying, okay, if you're going to leave your devices vulnerable, rather than allowing them to become part of a botnet. We're going to disable them so that they cannot become part of a botnet. Ooh, I so like that. It's kind of like the Zorro of hackers. I like this guy. Exactly. Exactly. So that's one of the theories. <laughs> I like about it until this. it hits me. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Right. Your uh, your your camera system, of course, or your DVR just gets bricked. So yep. Um, it's making its way around. Um, Do we know what kind and, of uh, like specifically what type of devices they're going after at this point? Uh, it says that it is targeting Linux BusyBox-based devices, which have with which have Open Telnet ports. Okay. So there's a whole category of devices. I believe it's mostly DVRs uh, that it hits. But uh, that's good. People need to get outside more anyway. Stop watching so much TV. <laughs> right. Right. So okay. keep an cool. eye out for that. That's a, a, a nice uh, new bit of nastiness to. Uh, to just to uh, ruin your day. Nice. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, speaking of uh, Internet of Things devices, we can uh, we'll, we'll try and keep this one as family friendly as possible because I know that you're <laughs> a family man, Dave. <laughs> I am a family man. It's well, true. To, to make that family, you, you probably <laughs> employed the use of a vagina at one point, and we now have a camera that can see inside of one. In uh, this has been making the rounds, the Svacom Slime Eye, which a fire. Your marketing people right yeah. now. What a great name for something. Uh, yeah, yeah. I would buy that. Yeah, $250 dildo with a camera on the top. Uh, right, on the tippy top. The tippy top, yeah. So just in case you could, you want to get your inner gynecological on. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, you know, I, I'm as visual as the next guy, but... <laughs> there are limits. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's a. I, I look. I don't begrudge anyone for any anything. You know, two consent, two consenting adults do in the privacy of their own bedroom, and evidently there's a there's a market for this. Uh, so more power to you. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, you know, it's past my uh, what I would consider to be erotic and into you know, like you said, medical. Yeah, it is very uh, medical. But, but, ah, you've got a polyp. Yeah, hmm, you might want to have <laughs> right, that checked exactly. out. Yeah, that might break the mood. I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, this thing is uh, it, it is open to attack because they yeah. leave the default password at uh, a bunch of eights and they use Wi-Fi to connect it to the Internet instead of like Bluetooth to your phone, which would then connect to the Internet. It's just a straight Wi-Fi dildo. Mm-hmm. And yeah. those are words that I never thought I would ever say. This is a straight Wi-Fi dildo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Welcome. To well, the, it- welcome to the new world. This this was all around when this story broke. You know, of course, this is the kind of thing that people will uh, will take off on because it will 
of course, generate the most valuable thing on the internet, which is which are clicks. <laughs> um, but there was an interesting rebuttal that I put in the links um, from someone who has taken upon himself to um, to analyze these sorts of stories, these uh, erotic internets of things devices. Before before um, I let you continue, I have yes. to say that this gentleman has the single best domain name I have ever seen. Period. <laughs> Internetofdawn.gs. Right. Beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, (laughs) Round of applause for the Internet of Dongs. The the Internet of Dongs, yes. Bravo, sir. Well well played, sir. (laughs) So what what does he claim in his rebuttal? Well, he was saying that the... The idea that he was specifically talking about war driving, which is where people can drive around and there are apps that will look for Wi-Fi networks Mm -hmm. and will bring up a list of Wi-Fi networks and then you can – it'll catalog them. You know, there are places you can go online where you can put in um, a location and it will tell you what Wi-Fi networks have been gathered up by people driving around and war driving. I used to do that many, many, many an evening in Los Angeles, and we we all, we had the code too that we would chalk on the building. So if you were walking by, you could uh, you could see the code for what was around there. Wow, kind of like hobo code, but uh, it was for it was wi- for Wi-Fi. Yep, in the old days. <laughs> and so, what was your hobby before that? Um, that this was more fun. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the statute of limitations hasn't run out on that, so we're just going to keep that right. one. We're going right. to keep Fair that enough. one secret. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but the, the gentleman who writes this uh, this Internet of Don GS um, said that he was looking on one of the databases that does this war driving, and basically two locations came up for this device, and they corresponded to um, stores. Uh, I believe they were stores in Japan where a product like this would likely be on display and being demoed mm-hmm. so as far as he could tell there were no incidences of this being of this device you know sort of accidentally being added to one of these databases which which makes sense i mean you think this is not the thing you're going to leave powered up and just standing by in your home you're going to <laughs> well you wouldn't for, but uh, uh-huh. <laughs> a, a limited amount of time um <laughs> Although who knows? You could you could uh, also you know when you're not using it for its intended purposes, it could also be used as a security camera. That's right. Just you just right. put it on the shelf and, and leave it on. I was I was thinking just hang it out by the front door. <laughs> <laughs> Duct tape it to your mailbox. There you go. <laughs> he this this guy also pointed out that the the um, the Wi-Fi range on it is going to be extremely limited. You know, it's 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 a small device. It's not. It's not designed to. Uh, it's not optimized for distance. Right. So, yes. Um, it is a close quarters combat device for sure. Yeah. So the, the the notion is that, again, as we say, the the breathless reports of this being a major issue are probably a little overblown and uh, not as bad as it seems. So there but, are no um, dongs in the wild, is what you're trying to say. None discovered so far, according to uh, this rebuttal here. But uh, for those of you who are interested in it, um, check out the story. It it is it is an interesting, um, you know, thoughtful dive into the the truth of the the possible um, vulnerabilities in this device. So if this is your thing that you're interested in, take a look. It's it's uh, it's an interesting read. No, and I've, I've added this guy to my RSS feed for sure. <laughs> not just because go. of the name because it's it, it's a fairly interesting topic and we've talked about it for many years we've talked about teledildonics on the show 
as yep. you know, we as this becomes a thing, it's it's interesting to see how it's grown. Surprisingly, it hasn't grown that much since we started talking about it four years ago. I thought we'd be much farther along, but uh, it's good that you know these things come to light just because people need to know about the security issues. And also on the the previous story where they, they were storing your sex data on the vibrator and right. got sued and had to pay out. You know, these people need to learn. It's not just about the sex toys; it's about security. No, it's true. It's true. And, and people, you know, the people who are using it, you know, our, our listeners and other people need to just be reminded that uh, when you get these sort of devices, all these sorts of devices in your home, you can't assume that they're going to be secure, that your your personal information or even your activities are going to stay private when you're using anything that has any sort of connectivity to it. Yeah. And I mean, we talked about teddy bears that, you know, were that had voice record or, you know, voice capabilities and Internet capabilities that could listen yeah. in and save that stuff. And that's when you're clothed. So, <laughs> you know. Right. Right. This adds a right. completely new level of ability to uh, see your naughty bits. And yeah, just keep an eye on that. Keep a slime eye on that, people. Is it actually slime eye or is it? I think it's slime eye. I don't think there's an L in there. Oh, man. My eyes are going. Okay. It looks like <laughs> it says slime eye. <laughs> no, it does. It totally does. But it, I believe it's S I I M E, which which I guess is whatever the same language as Svakam is. Okay. Uh, so well, maybe I don't know what that means. Well, I, apol- I apologize to Svakam for calling it a slime eye because I thought that was just kind of gross. <laughs> just turns it, out I can't does, read anymore. It does sound like a like a euphemism, doesn't it? It really does. <laughs> giving you the old slime eye. Yeah. Okay, now that we've grossed everybody out, I'll yeah. let you go and we will chat next week. And of course, don't forget to check Dave's show out, The Cyberwire, available wherever great podcasts are sold, or you can just head over to thecyberwire.com. It is a show every day during the week and it's fantastic. They do the cyber right. <laughs> The library. So you didn't get to any books this week, but I did. I got to a couple. <laughs> uh, my first book was Killing Rommel by Stephen Pressfield, which I talked about previously. Mm-hmm. It's uh, historical fiction, kind of like The right. Gates of Fire, his uh, book about Thermopylae and the 300, the Spartans. This one is not as good, but it's shorter, which was a plus. But right. <laughs> it's about, it's about you know, uh, British guys going after Rommel. It's it's interesting if you're into that sort of thing. I I find Rommel fascinating because most people don't know he wasn't a Nazi. He, he never joined the party. He's a mm-hmm. brilliant tactician and was eventually uh, forced to commit suicide by the Nazis. Yeah, so, good times. Yeah, very good times. But uh, the book is the book is ent- entertaining. You know. Now my next book is Zoe's Tale, book four of the Old Man's War series by John Scalzi. Man, you're just tearing through these. I am almost done with the Ghost Brigades, which is book two. Okay. Here's the no, thing about don't this Don't spoiler one. me. Well, I'm, I'm actually going to do you a big favor right now. Okay. Skip Zoe's Tale. All right. <laughs> Zoe's Tale is a retelling of book three from the perspective of the daughter. It's a okay. young adult novel. But oh. it's the same damn book. Right. So I got about an hour into it on uh, Audible, and I'm like, this is the same story I just read. And <laughs> uh, so I returned it. The yeah. next one is called The Sagan Diary. That's only like an hour long on Audible, so I skipped it mm-hmm. and just bought it on Kindle because it's a side story. Okay. Then we get to The Human Division. This is where we pick back up. This is technically Old Man's War Book 5. Okay? Okay. 
Now we're back in action. Now we get back to it. So go from three to five. Gotcha. I'm okay. almost done with this one. It's it's great. It, it's, you know, typical Scalzi. Loving the book. Completely loving it. I actually did finish the book, and there's a story after the book ends, like a short story that I just almost started, like I got a little bit into. But the book itself, the full Human Division book, is great. I cannot wait to get to the last book and uh, wrap up this series, But because his new series is so good. But I want to get this one. I want to I get this series in the can, you know? Right. Yeah, I got you. I mean, I'm, I'm very much enjoying the second book. I just didn't get a chance to finish it. Uh, traveling with a baby is no longer uh, the 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 plane flight is no longer just me reading and uh, watching movies anymore. So you don't get that time. But uh, I'll have it done for the next episode. OK, cool. Yeah. But so far, these are when you get to the I can see why people would freak out when they're like, no, the books get worse as they go along. I can see that if you go to Zoe's tale in the Sagan diary, where it's just like not really part of the core story. So, gotcha. All in all, thumbs up so far. Cool. Ups and doodads. We spent a lot of time back in our early episodes, Jason, which you are currently listening to, uh, doing quantified self yes. and, and things of such nature, you know, steps, uh, tracking our steps and blah, 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 blah. Uh, there are an awful lot of apps out there for health these days. Um, problem is they don't have to do shit. <laughs> okay. Uh, there is no body, the, the FDA, who you think would actually get into this and, and look around. They only get involved if a health app uh, qualifies as a medical device, which mm-hmm. would mean custom hardware components like cameras or sensors and having the potential to harm you if things go wrong. Uh, if you are basically just an app that purports to give you calorie counts, uh, track your steps, all of that sort of thing, uh, tell you what's going on this week in your pregnancy – you don't have to actually do any of that correctly. And there's no harm, no foul, can't get in trouble for it. So if you uh, have wrong calorie counts and ruin people's diets, FDA doesn't care. Uh, if your apps are counting your steps wrong and, and you're only doing 10,000 when you think you're doing 15, eh, tough shit for you. So that's how it works. It's it's really buyer beware, snake oil, all that sort of thing out there. So the FDA does not get involved, does not have to. There is a link in our show notes to the article that discusses this over at Lifehacker. And they give a gigantic list of categories of apps that uh, the FDA does not get involved in that are, quote unquote, health related. So good to know that uh, none of these things actually have to work. Yeah, they don't have to. And I look at it as just, you know, data over time. So you know, if something's going to be inconsistent, as long as it's consistently inconsistent, then I can still track progress. Yeah, I mean, that works for some some applications, but uh, say like the pregnancy one, not so much. Yeah, well, that's if you're if you're trusting an <laughs> app to talk to you about your pregnancy, well, then you're just stupid. Sorry. Well, there's that. Okay. I'm, I'm not, not going to mince words there. Go to your doctor because that's just stupid. Me, right. you know, I can I, I have my my Apple Watch, which tracks my steps. I have my Fitbit, which tracks my steps. I can mm-hmm. compare the two, see which ones work, which ones don't, whatever. Here's the deal. It gets me out of the house. I'm fine with it. I'm not using this to, you know, become Superman. And it's not gotcha. going to kill me. It's not going to kill me if it if it screws up. But I can understand yeah. I can understand where they're where they're saying that yeah, this is basically they're they're all glorified pedometers, which you can just go buy at uh, the store anyway, which is a little clicker that you used to carry on your belt back in yep. the day. That's all it is. That's all it really is. That's very true. Yep. 
Now, I found something for you, Jason. <laughs> I saw this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm betting you're not going to get this, but you never know. It's called the SureFlap. It's a British company that makes smart pet gadgets. Okay. And they're preparing to launch a smart pet door that can be controlled by an app on your phone. So unlike the old days where you just had a flap and the dog came in and out when the dog pleased, uh, you can now turn on or off the ability for that thing to open through an app. Okay. Isn't that great? That is great. Let Fido free. Um, <laughs> yeah, I will not be getting this because I don't have a fenced-in yard. So if I open the door, Bam's gone. Right. <laughs> and then I'm going to be in jail because she'll probably eat somebody. Um, or just get her tummy rubbed until they fall over from a heart attack. And then I'll still get sued. Who knows? But yeah, Who knows? No, I will yeah, not be so using this. this. Uh, yeah, this app will allow you to lock and unlock the door at the press of a button, schedule curfews for your pets, and track when pets come and go with notifications. You can also share access to this app with a pet sitter. Oh, nice. Why right. don't you just when, get a fucking give pet Give them the sitter. damn key. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I love the idea of a curfew for your pet, because if it goes out in the middle of the day and just sits in the shade and won't come back in, well, what are you going to do? Exactly. No. Uh, I like the way that the old one worked. The the previous one worked with uh, microchipped pets or pet, pets with uh, ARFID collars, but right. this one won't. That's work with actually that. quite clever. I, I like that. That mm -hmm. is that is that is a good use of the technology. Building yeah. an app to control it is stupid. Yeah, <laughs> fun times. Now, guess what I got this week, Brian? Uh, what'd you get, Jason? I got an Android phone. Yes, I know. I saw you posted on Facebook, and I saw everybody aghast. <gasps> oh my god. Uh, it's pretty fucking nice. That's all I've got to say. Um, <laughs> I, I I like the phones. I hate the software. I, I just I don't like Android software. The thing is, I yeah, the the um, launch pad or whatever they call it, launch board or, you know, the main area that you run all your apps in the basically yeah. the main OS sucks. Yeah. But <laughs> the things I like about it, the first thing I did was I, I had my iPhone next to me. And I wanted to replicate the first screen of my iPhone with all the apps I have right. and see what worked and what didn't work. Not a single app from my iPhone was not on the Android. So right. I can completely have everything working. And even one like Dark Sky that I didn't even think would ever have an Android app. Yep. All there. It's amazing. <laughs> um, I got a Galaxy S7 Edge from a friend uh, for testing. I'm not using it as my phone, but I'm just basically testing podcast apps on it. And right. the podcast app ecosystem on the Android is god awful. <laughs> you get Pocket Casts, and that's about it. Right. And Pocket Casts is it costs like four bucks for Pocket Casts, and it is really not anywhere near anything that you can get on iOS. You know, I use Overcast, and even going back to Downcast um, was much better than this. It just doesn't work right. There's just so many things wrong with it. But all in all. You know, I did I did all the software updates, the security updates to make sure that, you know, nobody's getting into my phone and I'm only using it on Wi-Fi in my house. But, it, you know, if I had to, I can swap the SIM card out and actually put in more memory in the phone, which is nice. Yeah. Uh, the camera is gorgeous. So, you know, I do have a backup phone with it and I may play around with it. The only downside is I can't use my AirPods with it, which I just spent oh, yeah. almost 200 bucks on, which work gloriously with the iPhone. I still love those things. Although you will laugh this morning. I was waking up the dog and she uh, she basically gives you a face lick every morning. 
mm-hmm. and she licked the AirPod out of my ear, and I just had flashes of that fucking commercial. With the dog. Yeah, I finally I got it away from her just in time before she went after it, but it it was pretty funny. Yeah, they're going to come back brown. Uh, oh. <laughs> I, I definitely would like uh, different colors on these AirPods. I may actually get some paint markers and paint mine up because you do look like a twat wearing these out in public. You think? Yeah, you do. <laughs> um, I was going to put this later, but I'll just I'll cover it right now real quick. I did figure out how to switch the double tap mode because I did complain when I first got them that mm-hmm. if you double tap on it, it would open up Siri. But there is a yeah. preferences pane in settings on the uh, the iPhone where you can go in and change the behavior of the double tap. So now it's oh, just good. it's uh, stop and start. Which is great. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Which is what I wanted. That's all I wanted. And it works fantastic. And uh, for the podcasters out there, I just did get a Focus Scarlet 2i2 second generation audio interface. Piece of shit. Absolute piece <laughs> of shit. Um, I'm testing all this stuff for my podcasting class. So I, I needed to get some of the common tools that other people use. So I picked this one up. Uh, I kept the box. I'm probably going to return it. I'm going to do a video with it and return it because it's terrible. It is utterly terrible. The preamp is crap. It's the the um, the noise floor is through the through the roof. If you could say that. Um, so yeah, run away from the focus rights so far. And you know that's pretty much what I hear from everybody who's a professional. It's just like yeah, they're like you know it's like basic amateur stuff because it's cheap, but yep. not the quality isn't there. Yeah, you see focus right a lot in home studios. Never in a pro. Yeah, yeah, it's not really good. I did pick up the Sure Beta fifty eight A microphone though. This does not suck. Yeah. This is a, you know, those sure microphones, like the handheld ones that you see all the comedians use. Mm -hmm. These things are like, you know, they're workhorses. Everybody's got them. And I picked this one in particular because Louis CK uses this on his new Netflix special. It's the same exact mic that he uses. And it sounded fantastic in the effects that he was doing with it. And it's got like internal dampeners for, for shock, you know? So if you're handholding it, it like will, will, absorb those shocks from being moved around i haven't played with it that much but the the audio that i've gotten out of it so far is amazing i love this thing if this is if this thing works out really well for like road shows i got to do a road show next week i'll probably mm-hmm. pick up three more of them so i have four of them in my bag but right. they're like 160 bucks built like a tank yep yeah i mean sh- yeah sure is your your basic standard i mean that's what ever almost everybody uses live so mm-hmm. can't go wrong Media candy. So we've been talking about the expanse over the past couple of weeks. Now that you're starting to get caught up and uh, enjoying the show, I was caught up. Um, apparently, Siffy uh, is is wise to VPNs, so I was not able to catch up uh, and stay abreast because I'm here in Canada and they would not let me watch it. Oh no, they they blocked the IP from up there. Sucks. Yes, they have. Sucks. Oh man. So uh, I am one episode behind. I will catch up uh, as soon as I get home. <laughs> okay, I'm caught up. I, I I have to I have to concur with your your statements last time. It's pretty much just like by the numbers now. It's predictable, and right? it's it, yeah. it's honestly boring. I'm I am so bored. We've got two episodes left in the season, and I can't wait for it to end so I don't have to worry about it every week. Oh dear. Yeah, it sucks. I'm just Yeah, like, that's come on. that's not that's not good. Oh well. I mean Yeah. Yeah, that's that's not what I wanted to hear. Oh well. Yeah, throw me some curveballs. Let's go. I mean, you could just it, it's they're just projecting so far in the future with the show that you know what's happening. It's just like, oh man. Right. Uh too bad, too bad. Okay. Uh, well, let's I'll see if I agree when I get back. 
Okay, so to get around what you happen to have, um, I signed up for YouTube TV. It's live. Woohoo! Yeah, what do you think? It's uh, To me, it looks like a lot of money for not a lot of content. That's exactly what it is. There's like seven channels on here that I, I really wanted that I can, mm -hmm. you know, watch live stuff on. Here's the kicker, though. I haven't even fired it up yet. <laughs> <laughs> the, I'm on the free trial. You know, the, they give you a free month to check it out. Yeah, but I've I in my workflow, I've already got everything so you know tied down to Sweden, where it's just like I've got to doist reminders popping up. It's like, oh, download Survivor. Okay, download the Expanse. Uh, so I just <laughs> get this stuff automatically. Now I'm thinking, oh, maybe I really don't need live TV. Period. Well, you don't. Not with your goo bang. <laughs> I still I, I've played with that once. Right. So oh oh, Seth Miranda from the Grime Life podcast. He picked up a goo bang. He just ordered one yesterday. So mm -hmm. he's going to tell me all, like all the cool stuff that we could do with it. All right. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. He, he's you know he's kicking around the house too much nowadays. So he's going to go get it and, and run with it and then tell me what's cool so I don't have to spend the time on it. But um, next week I'll definitely have a rundown on what is cool and what is not with YouTube TV. And I'm having a hard time justifying thirty five bucks a month. For, right. you know, 32 channels, 22 of which I don't care about. They say they're yeah. coming out with more channels soon. Like there's another round of 10 that are coming. Mm -hmm. But if they can get to, they're really close to basic plus with all the stuff that I watched. Right. And so if they can get up to that for 35 bucks a month and save me going out and dealing with Comcast to get a cable box and having the guy come out and show me his ass crack while he's plugging stuff <laughs> in, I'm cool with that. And, you know, they, they say it's like, you never have a DVR. You don't have to, you know, we've got instant DVR. I'm like, of course you do. You're recording everything, derp. Um, <laughs> it's not called a DVR if you just record everything. It's just, you know, on demand, instant playback, whatever. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll have some, some rundown on it next week, but uh, I get a shot, you know. Hey, and, and yeah. I get YouTube Red for free. Oh, joy. <laughs> yeah. Great. Yeah. Uh, even though I'm signed up with it through my account in my YouTube account and I still see ads. So I don't know how that's working. I'm going to have to have a word with YouTube. Get me okay. Mr. Tube on the phone. Yeah. I was about to say good luck with the getting uh, anybody from support <laughs> on there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, our friends from Serial and NPR are back. Yes. They have a new podcast called S Town. Yes, they do. I have attempted to listen to it. I listened to the whole thing in one day. Okay. Um, I thought it was enjoyable. I can't get past the accent. I just can't. <laughs> oh, the, the the main the main protagonist yeah. from well, yes. you don't have to very long. There's the okay. there's a little secret on that one. Uh, okay. <laughs> Here's the problem I have with this. They call it a podcast. No oh boy, it's not yeah, a fucking I saw this. podcast. I, I, I saw you do this rant online already. Yeah, it's not a podcast. It's an audio book. It took them years to make this. They released it all at once. Everybody go ahead and skip ahead about three minutes. Yeah, fuck off. <laughs> but it's not a podcast, <laughs> goddammit. And now they're saying they're breaking download records. They got 10 million times in the first four days. Okay, so 10 mm -hmm. million downloads the first four days. They released right. the whole thing at once. So you cannot mm -hmm. compare it to Serial because Serial right. was a Serial. This is an audiobook that they released. And here's it, the, so they're cheating on the numbers. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. They're cheating on the numbers. I like the podcast. I thought it was decent. You know, if it was an audiobook, I would not be sad if I paid for it. So for right. free, that's fine. And there's Blue Apron ads in there, which I don't mind because I, I pay for Blue Apron. Okay. The, the thing that pisses me off, though, is the shitty website. Because they talk, like, in the end credits about how beautiful their website is. Yes. In the old days, Brian, when we would do a, a website for a TV show or a movie or even a concert series like you would do with, you know, your bands... 
we would have behind yeah. the scenes. We would have pictures of everybody. We would have videos, yes. like behind the scenes videos. Their website has seven embedded players, so you can listen to each chapter. That's yeah, it. I know. It's a great website. And they're saying they've got a beautiful, amazing website. No, you don't. You've got a piece of shit website. These people don't know how to make websites anymore. Yeah, well, I mean, that's kind of the problem, right? Like, nobody does websites anymore. So no. for them, this is impressive. I'm like, that yeah. is that is a horrible website. No, it's a, it's a, it's a one-page fuster clock. I mean, we were craftsmen. You know, we spent months and months making these things and they were beautiful and they were fun. And they, we got, you know, it, it supported us for a very long time. And the internet was a most beautiful place back then. Now it's this shit. So yeah, yes, shit it town is. is, has a shit site. Yes, it does. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Thus endeth the rant. <laughs> I'm like, Hey, don't tell me it's a podcast when it's not. And don't tell me you got a beautiful website when it's a piece of shit. That's all I got to say. No. All I'm going to say about that, I somewhat agree with you, but if they're using the term podcast as the distribution method in which they are doing it, that is very true. It is a podcast. They, yeah, yeah, they are. It's not from from a content perspective. If you define podcast as content, then it is not a podcast. If you define podcast as distribution, then it certainly is. Right. But here's the other thing about this. This is a one off. There's not going to be shit town season two. No, but it's I done. mean, podcast so, is, is a very generic definition. So, yes, I, 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 you know, you can you can argue that you can argue that I just yes. I think they're cheating. I think they're cheating quite a bit. You know, I, I just it's good pod, man. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> uh, people in their pod. Speaking speaking of guys doing pods, I see you have another story in here. Bernie Sanders. Yes. The burn. Feel the burn. Now you can hear the burn. Okay. Uh, this is a podcast I will never listen to, but uh, he launched his podcast and he's getting press about it. So I thought I'd have to just at least make a make a head nod to Bernie Sanders that anybody nowadays has a podcast. And if you want to learn how to do a podcast right, go to propodcasting.school and sign up for the newsletter that will let you know when you can learn how to make your own podcast. And look at the meticulously crafted, beautiful website. <laughs> bite me um <laughs> it'll get better it'll get better it'll, hey it'll i've got you know what my you know what my subscription rate is on my my sign up sheet though 32 mm. percent. that's good that's unheard of yes yeah you know I'm how many quite... people have signed up so far two six I'm okay up, i'm up to six all right <laughs> not bad man not bad yeah that shows the power of advertising on grumpy old geeks oh, shit. shouldn't have said that <laughs> Uh, yeah, advertisers skip that part. Uh, Netflix has released the first teaser for uh, The Defenders, which will be coming August 18th, and I'm quite excited about. It's very well done, very funny. It's uh, taken with uh, one adjacent security cameras. Yeah. <laughs> so we have the link in the show notes. It's a 15-second clip. Uh, pretty good. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to the show. I've been, I, I want a new Jessica Jones season as soon as possible as well, please. Let's get on that. Please, that is the best of the bunch. I agree. Yeah. I, I did like I did like the the old daredevil though like he's wearing the bandana over his eyes like yeah, like the yeah. like in uh, the first season I like that yep yeah that's I'm pretty cool to it. now Anne Hathaway has a new movie called Colossal I have watched the trailer for this and I must say I am very intrigued this looks like it could be a very very good movie did you see the trailer for this yet Jason? I have not 
You need to watch this. It is by writer-director Nacho Vigalando. Ooh, and nice a, name. A lot, I know, right? A lot of the press about this is about uh, Anne Hathaway and her likability problem and how maybe this movie will fix it. So, But who cares? It is basically a story, and this is not a spoiler because it tells you straight out in the trailer what's going on. Uh, she plays basically an alcoholic. And she gets blackout drunk, and every time she's blackout drunk, she actually becomes basically Godzilla and destroys and kills people. Nice. Okay. This looks hilarious. I mean, it, oh, it's super shit. dark comedy. I have comedy. seen this. I have seen this yeah. trailer. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. No, that looks yeah. great. No, it looks great. So I'm very much looking forward to that. I so. don't know why Anne Hathaway uh, has such a big PR problem. I like her. I got no problem with her. I think she's fine. Yeah, I don't get it. Yeah, I so. think she's fine, and she can sing. So. Well, speaking of singing, Bjork has released a moody and gorgeous virtual reality experience called Not Get. I have not gotten this <laughs> <laughs> and I will not be getting it because I have no interest in the VR aspect of it. I just like the song. So I love Bjork. And if you want to have some decent content for your stupid headset that you've got, uh, here you go. <laughs> OK. I, yeah. And uh, in one of the old episodes we were talking about. Uh, me going as Bjork for Christmas, or not Christmas, for Halloween, and uh, you, you told me I could only do it if I got the, the swan dress. Right. That's true. I remember that. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So you remember the band, the Presidents of the United States of America. They right? had one song. Uh, Lump. They had more Lump. than one. They had Peaches. I don't remember Peaches. Was it good? Millions of Peaches, Peaches for me, Millions of Peaches, Peaches for free. Oh, it was a great yeah, song. That was a great song. Yeah. Okay. So that was two. that was even bigger than Lump. Okay. So. Anyways, uh, the lead singer, uh, I believe his name. I'm sorry, I'm blank. Casper. No, not Casper. That's Casper what it is. Baby it's, Pants. Is that what you're Casper saying? Baby Pants? Is his new band, which is uh, this is perfect for me. And if you have a child, and we've had a few people uh, writing in actually recently that uh, that also have just had children, I, I check out Casper Baby Pants. So this is the lead singer of the Presidents of the United States of America, uh, Chris Bello. Uh, so he kind of disappeared when that when the president's kind of ended and broke up. But he is now 51 years old and is huge as a as a as a singer songwriter for babies and kids. Casper Baby Pants. I've listened to some of this stuff. It's fantastic. Okay. So, I mean, talk about reinventing yourself. This is just great. Uh, there's a link in the show notes to a site called Fatherly, and if you're one of the people that has written in and just had a kid, you'll like this site. Anyways, so check it out. Uh, but uh, yeah, you can listen to some of his new songs uh, that he sings for kids, like Banana Bread. I like that one a lot. It's a good song. So oh, I like very Bread, cool. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so good on you. Great reinvention there. Now, Brian, I put this one in here for you. Carrie Fisher is going yes. to be in Episode Nine of Star Wars. I, yeah, I mean, she shot a whole bunch of stuff for it, so of course she is, right? <laughs> well, I mean, this is the next one. Episode Eight is the one that's coming out now oh episode nine is the final one so they're going to use the remnant footage that they have and they needed permission from her family to do it and the family gave permission so the only thing that has me really scared about this is they're going to have to tweak the story to go around the footage that they have yeah that's what i was thinking then is they're basically just changing the story and saving some of the footage that would have been in eight and pushing that to nine but i mean yeah. the story has to be tweaked anyway she died yeah exactly like, i don't think that princess leia was going to die in this in this three-parter so yeah yeah that's the thing <laughs> um so it's, it's i mean i'm glad that they're doing it but the nice thing is that they, they said they're not going to use any cgi oh good so that's just, it's just not quite there i i watched it was uh close. i watched it was so close but we're still in the uncanny valley yeah, definitely in the Uncanny Valley still. I just recently rewatched Rogue One and Grand Moff Tarkin just tweaked me really bad. 
I tell you what, you know what? It's 2D. If you watch it in 2D, it looks terrible. When I saw it mm-hmm. in 3D, I, right. it was amazing. Yeah, it, but I can't stand 3D. So Yeah, I, all the movies I've seen recently have all been in 2D. We're like, we're done with it. Yep. But I will, I will see Guardians of the Galaxy 2 in 3D, because who cares? Okay. There's space right. battles in that one, you know? True. If there's a space battle, I'll give the 3D a go. Um, so the other two things I have this week for Media Candy, I watched Hamilton's America, finally. Okay. I was I was on the fence about watching this before I went to go see Hamilton in person. Yeah. I wish I'd have watched it before I'd have gone and seen it. It is one of the best documentaries I've ever seen. It's a, you know, an hour and 20 minutes on PBS, but it follows Lin-Manuel Miranda from like, you know, years before uh, Hamilton is actually done. His buddy just followed him around while he was making the show. And then mm-hmm. it gets into the show and just a lot of behind the scenes stuff. And it was amazing how much work went into making Hamilton is crazy. But all the stuff that happened after it is crazy. It's just it's a really good documentary, like standalone, even if you haven't seen Hamilton and are maybe mm-hmm. interested in seeing it, it'll probably get you super jazzed to see it. But I really enjoyed it quite a bit. I'm probably going to watch it again this weekend because it's, it's, it's really good. It's very interesting to see like his process because it took him six years to write it, you know? Right. Um, so highly recommend that if you are a TV subscriber and have PBS in your area, you can go to the link in the show notes and watch it for free on the web. Um, I don't. So <clears throat> Sweden. <laughs> um, yeah. Next one, black sales, a uh, friend of the show, Bob Fogarty, who does all of our VOs turned me onto mm-hmm. this. He's like, he, he, he's been telling me for years to watch this show and I never did. And finally, right. Like I checked Hulu all like the last three seasons are on Hulu. They're on season four right now, which is the final season. So they're only doing four seasons. This is Deadwood on the high seas. <laughs> it is so damn good. And, you know, it, and it's produced by Michael Bay. So, you know, mm-hmm. they've got budget. Right. Because they are on these big ass ships. You know, these aren't CGI ships for the most part. There are some scenes that are. But for the most part, they're sailing on, you know, trimasted ships. And it's it, it's supposed to be, I guess, a prequel to Treasure Island, the book. Okay, yeah. And man, is it good! I like every night I go down and watch at least two episodes, and I'm almost done with season three and getting ready to dive into season four. And I just I I can't find a bad episode in the bunch, honestly. I okay. I mean, if you if you like even if you're not a pirate person, this is still just great drama, and there are boobs, lots of boobs. <laughs> So, <laughs> all right, Jason's five boob star rating. Moron of the week. Well, I thought I had one moron of the week uh, with the link that I found earlier this week, but then you know Pepsi and Kendall Jenner came along and killed everything. But I'll do mine really quick, anyways. Uh, Shia LaBeouf has a new film. Uh, it's called uh, Man Down. There's actually quite a lot of people in it, um, and you, you know eh, people seem to like. The Shia, Shia, whatever his name is. Uh, everything he does gets a lot of attention. I just so like to call him think, the Boof. Let's just call him the, the Boof. Boof. Yeah, the Boof. Everything he does does seem to get a lot of attention. So you'd think that he would do all right with this movie. Uh, it made seven pounds at the UK box office. I smell a rat. That's one ticket. It is one ticket. And I smell <laughs> a rat. Me too. I think this is a this is a this is a scam. This is a press scam. Now, to be fair, it, it did go direct to digital. It is only screened in one theater. And uh, why go see it in the theater when you can basically just get it at home? So, yeah, there you go. So I think it's the PR thing, but it's still quite funny. Yeah. 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 Oh, the boof. <laughs> the boof. Let's talk about Kendall Jenner and the Pepsi commercial for a brief moment. 
Wasn't that peachy keen? Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! So the uh, uh, the Pepsi yeah. SNL tore it down with a, a a beautiful takedown of the person who was the director saying, "Oh, oh, yeah, it's insensitive. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, okay." And just you know, <laughs> going back and forth, like asking different people, like handing the phone to other people, saying, uh, "Can you give me a black person? Um, what do you think? Oh, don't touch it. Oh, okay." And he tries to run off set before it's filmed. Uh, we've got another one, which is a um, They Live parody of it called Consume, which is very funny. But mm-hmm. the the gist of it is it is an extraordinarily insensitive ad that uh, tries to hijack Black Lives Matter for Pepsi. Yes. Oops. And Kendall Jenner is apparently traumatized by the black the backlash. I was going to say the blacklash, but, you know, that could also be probably uh, uh, apropos. She's yes. a, she's a young girl. She's only 21. And, uh, you know, apparently yeah. her millions aren't uh, saving her, her, her poor little soul from the fact that everybody thinks she's an asshole for making yeah. this commercial. Well, to be fair, I mean, she's just an idiot. So let's leave it at that. Um, <laughs> this. <laughs> wow. I, I, this, this ad is just insane. I mean, there's no point in going on and on about it because, you know, the Internet did that all week long. Oh, and oh they're it, still doing my it. Favorite, so. A couple of my favorites were like. Uh, and the SNL one, they're like, oh, you're you're doing wait, how are you talking about black people? Oh, well, we've got hip hop dancers. OK, so there's a stereotype. Got an Asian guy playing a cello. There's a stereotype. <laughs> and in another one, the the Muslim woman who who's the photographer and grabs her camera and runs outside. Yeah, that's a ten thousand dollar Pentax that she's running outside with. Um, <laughs> We're not really talking about, you know. The people on the street here. Yeah. Well, and then the funny thing about all of this is, uh, in addition to the tone deafness, it's also a blatant ripoff of a pre-existing music video by the Chemical Brothers. Out of control. We have the link in the show notes. It is, they basically ripped off this entire video, except removed all meaning from it and uh, made it stupid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, and there's a, we have a link in the show notes for over at The Fader, which has the director of the music video uh, from the Chemical Brothers, uh, Wiz, talking about basically how they ripped off his 1999 video uh, to try to make a Pepsi a protest thing, apparently. This would be kind of like the president taking a movie called Idiocracy and turning it into real life. Hmm. Kind of like that. I guess. Yeah. Uh, I guess. Strip all meaning and importance and uh, leave us with absolutely nothing but a bad taste in our mouth which we will now call Pepsi. The one thing about the story that you just posted that really kind of got me going is I need mm-hmm. to listen to more Chemical Brothers. I really Hell love yeah. those guys. Right? It's a great song. It's a great song. They're a great band. They were one of the mm-hmm. best live techno bands I've ever seen. Definitely. Have you heard of a guy named William Playfair? No, I have not. Well, he's a Scottish scoundrel. Oh, were there any Scottish pirates? <laughs> we definitely need bob for this particular guy but uh this is i just found this fascinating this is a a scottish guy uh who was known for blackmailing lords uh, he was being sued for libel this is all back in what i believe the 1800s or something like that I like him uh, already 17, 1759 uh in addition to just kind of being this this roustabout who was constantly getting in trouble in scotland he also invented the pie chart the bar graph and the line graph I love he basically <laughs> created visualization of data. Uh, you know, he he's the you know, grandfather of USA Today. And PowerPoint. <laughs> and PowerPoint. Okay, so, so we, a, we get to blame the Scottish for PowerPoint. <laughs> we can blame the Scottish for PowerPoint. Um, PowerPoint and Excel. Is a, I'm going to Excel at taking your fucking money. 
<laughs> we have a link in the show notes. It's quite a long article over at Atlas Obscura, which is obviously one of our new favorite sites because one of us is always pulling up a link yep. from there. Uh, <laughs> this is a good long read about this guy. Absolutely fascinating. So I highly recommend you check it out. Um, uh, you know, a lot of words. They could have probably done more visual- visualizations, but it does show some of his original uh, ones that he did. And it's absolutely fascinating stuff. They're beautiful, too. Yeah, they're totally beautiful. Have you picked up the Atlas Obscura book yet? No, I keep meaning to. I'm going to order it when I get home. I got I to gotta wait for a coffee table before I can put it, like like order yeah. it, because I need something to put it on, and I don't have a coffee table yet. So once yeah, I get a coffee table, cool. that will be my first coffee table book. <laughs> Excellent. And I have a quick throwaway uh, listicle that I just thought was really good. 18 odd things about America that Americans haven't realized are odd. Uh, all of these are true. If you've traveled the world, you realize that these things that we do in America are quite weird to the, everybody else. I particularly liked it for just one line. In the United States, we like our butter like we like our judicial system, hard and cold. <laughs> uh, can you give us any of the, the other 18, just a tease? Uh, tipping. You know, that's that's weird. We don't oh, do that. Uh, I know. Early, I, I love that when I leave the country. Early dinners. Uh, people in Europe tend to eat at nine, not this six or seven o'clock thing. Uh, the fact that we put the flag everywhere. Mm hmm. Yeah. Ads for legal services. I like that. Um, the sales tax surprise, because, you know, most countries will just give you the price with the tax. So, you know what you're paying mm-hmm. as opposed to the nice surprise. Every okay, time you let's, go. let's leave some for the people to go check out the link because I'm going to check yeah. it out after this because these sound amazing. I want to definitely yeah, they're, check they're, they're all quite good. So there you go. OK, um, a hacker apparently infiltrated Dallas's emergency system and activated all 156 sirens in the middle of the night. Oh, joy. Uh, has, someone has seen V for Vendetta. <laughs> yeah infrastructure uh, infrastructure is very important people and so is putting on good passwords yes yes the city said in a statement saturday that it wasn't sure who the hackers are but officials said that they know how it was done and they believe the hacking came from the dallas area okay okay all right uh, that's kind of cool and a chinese man has married a robot that he built himself japan you're slipping I would have I would have expected this from you, Japan. Well, this is a dude uh, who finally just got fed up with his mom ragging him. Okay. Zheng Zhaijai, 31 years old. That's Chinese for Jason. Hey, fuck you. <laughs> that's that's American for Brian. <laughs> uh, he'd be t- he'd become tired of the constant nagging from his family and pressure to get married. So he turned to a robot he built late last year and named her Ying Ying. After two months of quote-unquote dating, he donned a black suit to quote-unquote marry her at a ceremony attended by his mother friends. And Mm -hmm. uh, yes, while not officially recognized by the authorities, the union had all the trappings of a typical Chinese wedding, with Ying Ying's head covered in a red cloth in accordance with local tradition. For now, Ying Ying can only read some Chinese characters and images and speak a few simple words, but Zheng plans to upgrade his bride... To be able to walk and do household chores. Until then, he has to carry the 30-kilogram robot to move her. And I would just like to note that uh, Zheng is an AI programmer. Of course. (laughs) Of course. Of course. (laughs) Yes. No, look, I have a dog. I don't need a robot. And just even stop exactly what you're thinking right now. Because I know you're going there, you sick bastard. I'm going to create a registry for you. And bam, bam. Now, first up the uh the door the, the dog <laughs> door that's the app control door <laughs> yeah 
And you're going to give her the code so she can escape and never see me again. I know you. Mm-hmm. Now, this is something that I, I I had never heard of. Have you heard of lunch shaming? Not until this week when it has uh, exploded across all of social media. And I am horrified that this exists. I, I, did, I just ran across this this morning when I was going through my stories. And New Mexico is the first, uh, you know, first state in the country to pass this law about lunch shaming. But what I didn't understand was in New Mexico, if the kids can't afford their lunch, they basically are just, you know, tagged like the Jews at Auschwitz and made to mop the floors and wear wristbands that say that their parents are poor and all of this crap. This is horrific. It, it's a horrific practice. I, I really did not know that this existed. It's so it's wrong on so many goddamn levels. It, it, it pisses me off. High school is so difficult to get through without like blowing your brains out every day without some shit like this coming down from, you know, yeah. the, the school system. I, I cannot believe this actually was allowed to stand for this long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, this one pissed me off. I'm glad that they banned the practice. But the fact that you had the practice to begin with does not make you, you know, innocent in the whole thing, New Mexico. Yep. Feedback loop. We have a bunch of new Patreon supporters this week. Woohoo! Uh, Macy, Brett Irvin, Thomas Griffiths, and Brian Seward are our That's new awesome. Patreon subscribers this week. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you all so much. It's it's been really cool that people are stepping up recently because I mean we've had that up for ages and we've had people that have signed up right away and have been supporting us the whole time, but we've really had an uptick recently. So thank you. Yeah, that means a lot to us. And also it really tell your does. friends. We we like your yep. money, but also tell your friends because you guys rock. <laughs> Yes, you do. And uh, two of the folks that uh, just became Patreon subscribers also wrote us through our website. Uh, first up is Thomas. Uh, he says, hey, guys, great show. Signed up to Patreon to support your podcast. Yes, you did. Thank you. Uh, as a new father, your show has provided hours of entertainment whilst out walking my newborn daughter. Keep it up and cheers from New Zealand. Thank you so much, Thomas, and congrats on the daughter. It's uh, yeah, it's a fun trip so far, isn't it? OK. <sighs> Diapers. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thank you, Thomas. Uh, next up is Brian Seward. Uh, hey, longtime listener, really enjoyed the show. Now, the beginning of his note had a whole bunch of Patreon issues that uh, I reached out to him personally, and we kind of walked through, so he finally uh, got it figured out. Oh, good. And now it gets to the real part. Love the show. It gives me plenty of ideas for reading material and purchases. Sennheiser's The Bunny Book are recent ones. Love the Dave Bittner segment, and also am definitely on board with any guests you guys find interesting. Well, that, okay, we've got one for, one against. <laughs> <laughs> Although I think the one against gave us a three star, so this this is, this should be 1.5. Okay. <laughs> what the hell is with everyone getting so bent out of shape for a few Trump comments, or any comments for that matter? I haven't ever found you guys doing anything else than discussing general facts. Well, see, that's the thing. There's the, there's those alternative task, facts that are so pesky out there that people choose to believe. So, yeah, I don't get it. I mean, everybody's going to have an opinion, but you're not allowed to anymore, I guess. So. Yes, yes. That's the way it, <laughs> that's the way it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, I do remember in uh, I, I was listening to episode 12 or 13 where uh, we had David Teeter on for the first time and we got our first negative feedback. Yeah, um, we were not so diplomatic back then. No. My reply was, it's my show. Fuck you. I think that was actually led to our second bit of negative feedback, a one-star <laughs> rating that said, uh, they tell you to go fuck yourself if you don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> so we've become more diplomatic in the, in our old although, age. Although, to be honest, and this is just between you and you listeners and us, we still feel the same way. If you don't like it, go fuck yourself. 
Oh, yes. Um, continuing with the note, there literally mm-hmm. is no other show that goes as long. Mm-hmm. See, Brian? Yeah, no with, shit. With such diverse tech topics and real actual wisdom, reviews, and opinions. I listen to a lot of tech, infosec podcasts, and audiobooks because I'm too busy to actually read. I do love to read, but just have earpods in all the time. And surprising how much content has been linked from you guys. Amen, brother. Trust me. I do all the mm-hmm. linking. I know. Congrats to Brian on the child. I know I am not alone appreciating the continued GOG with a lack of time. All the best for the podcast school, Jason. Thank you. Your podcast sounds great and is a testament to what can be achieved. By the way, it's pronounced Stuart. Stuart. It's like Stuart without the T. Cheers from Adelaide, you guys. So we've got a New Zealander and somebody from Adelaide. This is awesome. And you turned him Scottish, even though he's Australian. I know. But when you say Stuart... Stuart comes That's from, true. You kind of have to do it. That Stuart's way. a Scottish, um, but maybe his family was one of the uh, the people that uh, founded Australia way back in the day. Oh, down by Botany founded. Bay. Yes, by founded. You mean like uh, you know, with a pickaxe and a picklock and all that sort of stuff that you nasty people did. Yeah, just just go read yeah. up on the history of Botany Bay. Maybe the Stuarts came from there. Now, wasn't the Botany Bay the ship from Star Trek Two where the Khan was on? Khan was on the Botany Bay and Star Trek Two. Yes. That's what I thought. Okay. Yep. Good. All right. Our next bit is from uh, Sitaram Cham- Chamardi. Chamardi? You think that's right? I think it is. Yeah. Sitaram Chamardi. Okay, good. Uh, I've really enjoyed the seven or eight episodes I heard since I discovered you, and your sense of humor was one of the best things about it, which is why I was a little surprised by the casually thrown comment about Indian developers in your latest episode. I'm trying to think back to past episodes to try and remember if you are, how do I put this delicately, an equal opportunity maligner or not, but I'm blanking. Well, we just made fun of Scottish, Australians, and New Zealanders. so And, and, a, uh, and a whole shit ton of Americans. <laughs> That's true. Or maybe my mind only registered this one, ignoring all the other comments about the Irish, the Scots, the Polish, the Russians (laughs) and the Chinese. See previous few minutes, uh, et cetera, that you made could happen, you know, and I am certainly am not the kind to download all of them and listen again. So why not? God damn it. I am. Exactly. So are you an equal opportunity maligner or are Indians a special peeve? And if they are, may I suggest taking time to be more specific examples, episodes, reasons, discussion instead of a throwaway comment. Uh, First off, yes, we're equal opportunity maligners. Fuck Canadians. (laughs) Who puts fucking milk in a bag? I know. It's insane. No, I mean, we make fun of everyone equally. There's nothing. In fact, I don't believe we've ever really made fun of Indians um, in any particular way. And like... The context in which that we discuss things uh, is very important. And uh, yes, the Indian developers, I'm sorry, that's a known thing in the community here. Uh, There are code farms in India that people hire out to instead of hiring people here because it's a lot cheaper. And the specific context of that discussion was the fact that that code is basically indecipherable. When you get it back, you cannot modify it change it do anything to it done on purpose so you continue to hire them so that was the context about that i didn't think that was a maligning at all in any particular way was it jason well here's here's what i'd like to put into perspective we weren't maligning all indian coders we were aligning most indian coders and there's a reason for this (laughs) after the four-hour work week came out from my buddy tim ferris there was a huge rush for companies to outsource as much as possible to india the problem that nobody anticipated was that they're not, they're, there just wasn't enough coders in India. So everybody tried to hire and staff up all of these coding farms. But that meant that these were not professional coders. They had PHP in a day books, and we could tell. <laughs> and so after we lost all of our jobs to coders in India, 
Well, we got our jobs back because the code that came back <laughs> sucked. It did not work. Shit broke all the time. So they brought us back in to fix the code that they got back from India. And when we would look at it, we're like, did a fucking donkey write this? Because it seems like their hooves couldn't quite hit all the keys. But then we realized, no, they were running it through code obfuscation systems. So they were the mm -hmm. only ones that could do it. And we had to send it back to them for changes, which was bullshit. So now I've worked with teams in Russia, Albania, the Ukraine, China, Thailand, Canada, and the U.S. And nobody is safe from shitty code in our opinion about it. The thing about the Indian coders was they would like all these other countries that we dealt with. They would not obfuscate the code and they would work with us on changes. Every single company that I worked with in India gave us obfuscated code and we would have to sit there and try and back trace all of the, you know, 32 character or maybe 16 character variable names that were just <laughs> ridiculous that we could not fix anything. You could not look at it and figure out what the code did. You know, self commenting code is pretty much a, a staple of how I worked as a coder and I'm sure Brian did too. So you could walk through a piece of code and figure out what it did. Yep. All of the Indian shops did this by practice. So, yeah, yeah, we're, we're maligning Indian coders in this one instance for goddamn <laughs> sure. But you know what? The fact that they sucked so fucking bad got us our jobs back because we gave the, they, they had the opportunity to rock and roll and they could have just taken our jobs and run, ran with it. But guess what? They sucked at it. So we got our jobs back. So thank you, Indian coders. There you go. And See? <laughs> and I'm going to play a sound bit from episode 11 of Grumpy Old Geeks right now. And this will like put the put the the story to rest, whether we align any particular race, gender or nationality or fucking planet for all I'm concerned. OK, we used to have AT&T DSL. Yes. The best tech support that they have is in India. If you deal with the Americans, they're fucking retarded. <laughs> but if you wait till after eight o'clock at night. Yeah. Pacific Standard Time. Right. Call them up. You can get an Indian tech on the phone and yeah. you can tell them, I know what I'm doing. Right. I work in the business. Here's the problem. Here's my MAC address. Here's all this stuff. They will give you deep down tech support. So there you go. There you go. There's my, there's my point. I, you know, I, I, I am a meritocracy. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I, I think Jason and I have always uh, made a plain that we hate everybody equally. So it's all good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our next comment uh, comes from friend of the show, Patrick. Just stumbled across this and thought I'd pass it along. A fun mixed actor scientist panel discussion about The Expanse. And it's a link over to YouTube, the science behind The Expanse over at Caltech. I did not watch all this, but uh, I will. So, OK, yeah, I'll check it out. I'm going to check it out after episode 13 airs because uh, I don't want to just. I, I, I'm just going to stick with it. Then I'll, it'll get me through my expanse, expanse while we have no episodes. Because, <laughs> right. you know, I'm not going to quit it. I can't quit but, you, expanse. Of course not. All right. iTunes. One star. Mm-hmm. Ugh. From yes. Egg Foo Young. And Egg Foo Young puts the F-U in Egg Foo Young because he doesn't know how to spell Egg Foo Young. But I'm sure he's trying to be sarcastic and funny. And yep. uh, even though we are, uh, his comment is not interesting or funny. Okay. Well, all right. That's your opinion. That's fine. I particularly love the fact that almost all of our one-star ratings are from people that have not rated anything else ever on iTunes. So yeah. we must be doing something right to get these people pissed off enough to create an account and come in and give us a one-star rating. Uh, you know awesome. what? I, I think we're doing our job then. I think so too. Yeah. So 
Uh, our, we got a five-star rating. I seem to have lost the name of this person. Oh, my Oopsies. goodness. Uh, I was cutting and pasting mistake there. So uh, Grumpy Old Geeks Believer. Uh, I happened to recently get back into podcasts for my commute to work and to home about two weeks ago. Found your podcast and I love it. Great topics, good information and good drinks. Keep up the great work. And thank you for saying that, whoever you are. Sorry, I didn't cut and paste your name. <sighs> Brian. Mm. Pretty sure I got it well, in there you know at some what? Point. You know what, anonymous <laughs> user? Go over to patreon.com slash GOG, sign up, and then we'll know your name, and then we'll read it next time. There you go. If you want your question or comment read on the show, head over to GOG.show slash support and send us your feedback or questions that we can read on the air. And if you're so inclined, please head over to GOG.show slash iTunes and toss us a five-star and a snarky review. Thanks so much. Closing shout out! My shout out is to the U.S. women's national soccer team who continue to uh, be playing very, very well. Um, they're on their way to win another tournament, I think, right now. I haven't been following it too closely, but good on them. Uh, we talked about we talked about them about a year ago now because uh, that's when they filed their wage discrimination complaint with the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission uh, because they get paid a hell of a lot less than the U.S. men's team. And they're a lot better uh they have a new contract they are getting paid better than they used to be but they are still not getting equal pay which is bullshit so congratulations ladies keep working on it yep yep soon soon you'll have a goal hopefully yes. for you <laughs> i would like to have a shout out to don rickles the og gog the greatest oh, yes. insult comedian of all time left us this week and if you don't know who don rickles is please go back to youtube and watch some of his highlights because this man could insult anyone and make it just amazing and make you love him for having him yes. insult you. That's a skill that I yes. think we need to work on. <laughs> hey, we get lots of love. We just get, you know, a lot of people that hate us too. Yeah. That happens. <laughs> that happens. Yeah, it happens. Oh, well. Until next time, I'm Brian Schellmeister. And I'm Jason DeFilippo. Thanks for listening to Grumpy Old Geeks. GOG.show is our home base where you can listen to old shows, leave feedback, ask us questions, get links to our awesome sponsors and stuff we like. If you're an app person, you can listen to us on the Podcast One app for iOS and Android. Get it at podcastone.com slash apps. If you'd like to become an official friend of the podcast, go to GOG.show slash support, where you'll find all the ways you can support the show and keep us on the air. To learn more about all the people who make this show possible, head over to GOG.show slash about. Show notes for all the links discussed in this episode can be found at GOG.show slash 204. I think we need to send Egg Foo Young a Pepsi. <laughs>